Okay, <laughs> so this is Kevin Brittingham from Q. This is uh, Q and Ask, episode three, and maybe we'll bleed into four. Um, I have a very special guest, um, Lorena Nevesky, who is the wife of Johnny Nevesky, um, who are great friends of mine. And um, so that's kind of it. I mean, everyone knows Nevesky Rifle Works. So, Lorena, how are you doing? I'm good, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm great, doll. What have you been up to? Um, oh, pretty much still kind of like dragging a little bit after SHOT Show madness, but I haven't been too busy since I got back, so I've been, you know, getting able to catch up on rest and stuff, which thankfully I get to do that, but it was really good, so yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, SHOT Show is, is such a dream. And, I mean, I think it's another thing. <laughs> it's like you, you and I share that. But then also, you know, you and I both are single parents, just three kids, and that's demanding. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, it's sort of interesting. Like, you know, I've always had a gun company. Um, you've always had three kids. <laughs> you know, you you lost Johnny. You inherited a gun company. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I lost my kid's yeah. mother and I inherited three kids. <laughs> I don't envy you. I tell you, running a gun company is a lot easier than than handling three kids. Yeah, well, man, my kids, I don't know what happened, but they sure make it easy for me. They're, they, they help my life. They're amazing. And, you know, I understand that there is a lot of running around to do and a lot of, managing to do but you know i mean the kids they really they're a huge blessing um yeah and 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 also i would say as far as shot show goes i actually really enjoyed shot show this year probably more than ever and so i think that's funny because you were very very um like super stoked about not going i was nervous as always like i always anticipated like sort of with my eyes rolling in the back of my head, but he actually had a super, super fun, actually just a very fun show. So I really, really enjoyed it. And it was exhausting because um, I don't think I slept very much. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Well, shoot, I'm happy for you. I mean, I, I know every time I go, so this is um, for 25 years, um, I have only, this is the second shot show I've missed. Um, wow. And I, I'm always glad I go, but, you know, we're just to the point where, where, you know, my new company, Q, is a little different. We're two years old. We have mm-hmm. close to a year backlog. So, like, production to me is more important. And, you know, and I always throw a party or do something, and shot show puts us a couple months behind. Um, yeah. You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't right for me for this year, and I was totally fine mm-hmm. with it. We got so much press last year. Um, that, you know, it was very helpful, but, uh, yeah, it's so draining, uh, in every yeah. regard of every resource. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, and I, I would say that this year, I mean, it's physically draining, but I think that I came back with, um, kind of a, um, elevated inspiration, which I know sounds really weird because, how could you feel inspired from Shaw Show? <laughs> but I think I really just felt like 
the way we went about things this year and the people that we spent the most time with um, really meant a lot to me. And I felt like, I don't know, some things were sort of sinking in, like, okay, this actually isn't just this, like, dreadful thing. It's I'm finding really awesome relationships and friends and people that I I like to hang out with that weren't just um, people feeling sorry for me or, you know, okay, we miss Johnny. Like, you know, all of that obviously has been the last five years. Um, yeah. But it has been kind of nice to be like, well, I know, I can't believe it's been five years. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. I had I kind of got a little bit of a good – inspiration out of it so where does that sound <laughs> no i mean you know that's wonderful i mean i think that leads me into so um you know i spent some time thinking about the podcast you're my third interview or guest and you know i think most of them will be fairly standard i think you were kind of unique in in your situation um and then my relationship with you and you know it's one of those things i try to tell people like i don't think i'm the average gun guy um mm-hmm. you know, whatever that means and i don't have a lot in common with <laughs> a lot of, you know right. a lot of the, yeah a lot of the people i mean i think johnny and i had a connection kind of like trey knight and i have a connection and you know it it, it kind of transcends the gun stuff um like johnny and i would have been friends without guns trey and i mm-hmm. would have friends you know, you and I will, I imagine, always be friends, and it's generally mostly separated from guns. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I mean, we we have a business connection, but we don't interact about guns and ammo like pretty much ever. <laughs> no, <laughs> we let we know. I let you talk to Mike Allen. I mean, that's what you guys are geniuses at talking about that stuff. Yeah, no, you and I hang out for three or four days, not much of it's gun talk. Um, right. Yeah, but I, I want to ask you some questions about, you know, some of the business stuff. Um, I think it's fairly light because, you know, you're more interesting to me than the gun stuff. I talk about that with everybody. Um, but, you know, like, like something you and I both love is is like art and creativity and and these sorts of things. And I know, you know, like in my farm, I've got a big painting you did of some, like, I don't know, 20s or 30s prostitute. Which, which... <laughs> she's so hot. Yeah, she's cute. But, you know, I, I love your I love your art, and I know you've always, you and I have always shared that. You know, I'm fairly artistic and enjoy that well, as well. I remember when you, one of the first times you came to visit us, um, it was cool to meet you finally, and I think you and I both were sort of surprised by who we found at each other. Like, oh wow, this this is Kevin Bradingham. Like, hell yeah, he's awesome. And because again, Johnny had been interacting with a lot of people that I wasn't, you know, I understood this was our business and th- th- these are the people we would be interacting with, but there were a few that kind of pleasantly surprised me and you were definitely one of them. And I remember you were, you wanted to buy a couple of my paintings and I was super flattered and like super embarrassed. And I was like, Johnny, I can't sell them to him. And Johnny's like, no, totally take the money. (laughs) 
Yeah. Finding these paintings for me, and I was like, wow, okay, this is kind of embarrassing. But anyways, yeah, um, thank you. That was, you were one of my favorite customers. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, and it, it was true, and Johnny gave you the right advice, you know, like mine and Johnny's friendship and our business relationship. You know, that's separate. I mean, you did something you were passionate about. It was separate from what we did, and that's your business, and I was happy to buy them. And I love the art. I love the colors. I've always told you that. Um, you know, to me and for people who, who wouldn't know, Lorena's stuff is a little reminiscent of, like, Picasso or something, and there's a lot of bright colors and you know, all sorts of weird symmetry, and it's just really beautiful. And, um, Aww, yeah, I guess thank there's, you. There's, probably, there's probably a couple. There might be one in my house here. I know there's a big one in my farmhouse that I love, um, and it's in the main living room, and, you know, I still enjoy it. Um, yeah, so that cool. was, you know, that was interesting. And I know, you know, me, and I, I want to tell several stories, and you give your parts if you don't mind, because, of course, a lot of people are interested in Johnny and the – you know, the myth grows, and it's probably the same with me and you, you know, like, we both know Johnny had, like, five friends, but everybody in the world now that he's deceased <laughs> was his buddy, right? Oh, and, yeah, he made people feel really special. Yeah, I mean, Johnny was so cool, but, you know, and people don't realize, too, like, he had social anxiety, so, like, he didn't want to mm-hmm. do shot show and stuff, and he yeah, such yeah. a man. Yeah, he was a man's man, he was a cool motherfucker, and he was an inspiration to anybody that knew him. But, um, you know, socially, he was a bit awkward at times. And if he knew you, you know, um, he, yeah, you're right. He made everyone feel like they're a friend and welcome. And he was just a neat, neat guy. But, you know, well, was, I would say that in that he was, he did have social anxiety. And I think one way that he combated that was by being this, like, Super. I mean, it's kind of, it sounds contradictory, but he would end up being super endearing and like really, like he wanted to be liked so much that he would treat people in this way. I mean, and he was so smart and fun to talk to, but I mean, people would be literally like, oh, well, I would never forget talking to Johnny. But it's funny because he, yeah. he made everybody feel like they were so important in that moment and like truly he did mean it like he did he he was such a passionate and like brilliant person I think when he ended up interacting with people it really was intense and it's cool because people remember that and then they're like oh man yeah like Johnny must have really like really loved me (laughs) which Mm -hmm. you know maybe he did love everybody but at the end of the day I know all of it really also stressed him out yeah, I think it did. I mean, I, I think he was just one of those rare individuals to where he felt an obligation to always do more than his part in an interaction, if that makes sense. And yeah. I think to a lot of that want, but to a lot of people it will. I know, like, Trey and I understood it, and I think Trey and I are probably both that way. And, um, yeah, and Johnny was just, like, so fucking lovely. Like, he was, you know, like this <laughs> Western, he was like this. Yeah, he lovely. Was. He was fucking lovely. He was. I mean, he's like this West Coast hippie that was conservative, and he was brilliant, and he loved guns, and he was passionate about family, and really believed in doing the right thing. I mean, it was just really inspiring and charming, and I see why everyone loved him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, 
I'll tell people this, and, and, you know, this is how Johnny and I met, and this is the story Johnny tells, and, you know, you can correct me if, if you feel that it's, you know, not what he he said, but uh, okay. this was very early in Johnny's career when he left Pat Norm was on his own. I think you guys were, you know, doing Nebeski in someone's garage, maybe his family or your family's garage. But yeah, we we had, we got married, I was pregnant, we had Abe. And he was working just, um, he had a lathe. So he was just basically just tinkering around being a gunsmith, just, you know, trying to learn more about AR-15 barrels, obviously, and but just fixing other old shooter dudes' guns and stuff. So, okay, yeah. that's what we were. Yeah. So he, um, back then, and, and most people now, especially the millennials, listen, won't remember this, but like most Rifle barrels and pistol barrels were not threaded from the factory back right. 10, 15 years ago, you know, maybe when Johnny and I met. And um, so you had to send your barrel to, you know, to like your Remington 700 to a gunsmith to have threaded. Well, Johnny ended up being the only threaded barrel that I would warranty my silencers at advanced armament with. And um, Johnny was always incredibly appreciative and told the story whenever he and I were hanging out, he'd have a couple beers and we're having a good time. And he would tell people like part of the reason he was endeared to me. And oh, he yeah. says, the story was that he ordered silencer catalogs from the five or six major companies and he got them all in and he put them in alphabetical order and he wanted to offer silencers to his customers. And so <laughs> advanced Harm was first. He called me and says, Hey, I need a 30 caliber <laughs> silencer. And that I told him, and I don't doubt this a bit, because, like, I'm a bit of an ass. Like, Johnny was a nice guy. I mean, I kind of come off as not. But, um, you know, I liked him right away, and he was very humble and told me what he did. And he said, hey, I want to try this. And I said, hey, I'll send you my 30 caliber silencer, which was the AAC Cyclone. If you don't like it, you don't pay for it. If it's not what I claim it is. If it is good, then you pay for it. Fine. And... He he says that he put all the catalogs away, waited to get my silencer, shot it, liked it, and never tried anyone else's. And he loved these. I can't believe this was due to alphabetical order. Like that is the funny. I have never heard that. That is the best. Well, that's yeah. That's what he told me. Alphabetical He's order. So I, you know, um, I got well, lucky. hey, you did. Yeah, but so got, he, he got no. He got. We we all got lucky. That was awesome. And, yeah, so had a way told, of doing that shit. Yeah, and at the time, and people don't realize, like, I've got a bolt gun or two that Johnny built for me, and one that I still use hunting today, which I love. It's everyone's favorite. It's a Remington Model 600. It was a Mohawk or something that he built for me, and when I came to see you guys or something, I saw his or shot his and liked it, so I got a couple of guns, and he built them for me just like it. But he was yeah, building bolt cool. guns primarily at the time, but yeah. he said that, that y'all's lives really changed when I said you had to have Nebeski thread your rifle for me to warranty my silencer, that his business really grew. And then he got into ARs. And, and you know, and to me, it was like, okay, I got this kid who's really into it. He's real meticulous. He's going to take good care of you. You know, and that made sense for my business. And then, you know, I love the fact that he told the story that that changed Nebeski. And, um mm-hmm. You know, and helped you guys out. And, you know, that was just wonderful. Yeah. I think we always yeah. loved each other based on, you know, that initial relationship, and it grew from there. 
Yeah, I'm. So I would say he he actually had been starting to um, investigate chambering and rifling AR barrels while he worked at Pacnor because they didn't do that, and so he wanted to create a, a department within Pacnor to be able to do that. And I think they were open to that idea. And so he was learning a lot about it. And like I said, we were engaged. Uh, Brookings is like two hours away from Grants Pass. I got pregnant and we just decided that since both of our parents lived in Grants Pass, we would move there. And so he started in this own, his own little business, but there wasn't a market obviously for ARs. He was working on bolt guns and doing, while he was continuing to, like, learn more about ARs. And then um, 9-11 happened literally, like, right after we got married. And I knew that his mind really, like, spun out. Like, that was a super intense moment, obviously. And I think he really felt there was, like, a lot of purpose in really, really thinking about how to, like, improve the AR platform. But he had no outlet for it. So he had been working on it and, like, really sort of prepping the stage. And when he met you, there a huge door opened, I think, to, A, for one, um, we actually started making some money because <laughs> you were actually having him thread the barrels were you sending your customers to Johnny to thread barrels? Yeah, they all had to send their rifles to you guys if they yeah. wanted us to the silencers. Right. So that was like that was a huge blessing, obviously. It was like paycheck time. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. We were like <laughs> living off of you know, it was ridiculous how frugal we were. And which is great. I mean we really were. We were I think we were our rent was like six hundred dollars a month. And we would eat rice and beans, like, but great. We were totally in love, and it was fun. But, yeah, you yeah. definitely were pivotal in terms of how some major doors opened, contracts started happening. We, you know, could afford to – he could afford more tooling and, like, more machining and get, you know, expand his own ability to improve his craft. So that is – I mean, that is the story. I love it, and I'm very grateful to you and to him. But, like, you guys were just – you guys made friends so easily, so it was it was just really cool. And I know that he also felt – like, he didn't know that there was people like you that this industry could actually have. Like, you're a skater. You like art. You like these things where he felt so intimidated by, you know, everything needing to be – this sort of like stereotype, like, okay, I'm just, uh, um, he started really loving old men, <laughs> old American shooters. And he's like, wow, we could still be young in ourselves and actually be in this industry. Okay, cool. Which he always did feel a little nervous about that. I think he wanted to be an old man. Yeah, well, I think it was intimidating years ago, and I know, you know, Johnny's Army career didn't really turn out the way he had hoped and was kind of uneventful, and, um, you know, for somebody like Johnny that's that sharp and he's that motivated, and, you know, and everybody uses the word patriot now, and 
Like, look, it, it's just so overplayed. Like, we all love this country. We all hate terrorism. You know, right. we we all love the military. Everyone in it is valuable. But, um, you, you know, Johnny didn't get to do what he wanted. I know it's funny. My son, when he met, um, you know, one of the, the shooters on the bin Laden raid, and he brought my son some presents and a book. He was hanging out at a farm. And I remember my son that night, we were, like, laying down. Um, he and I were sleeping out on the couch. We gave our room up to one of the guys that was there. And uh, he and I were watching a movie, and he says to me, he says, you know, my son was probably, I don't know, six years old or something at the time. He says, Dad, why aren't you in the Army? You know, he didn't even know the difference between, like, Army, Navy, and all this. And I was like, well, I don't know. And he says, you know, but... And he starts telling me, like, all these things. And I said, well, you know, I'm not sure I would be good at that. But, you know, I'm really able to contribute now doing what I do. Mm -hmm. And it really helps them to be better at what they do. So I'm probably actually contributing the most I can by having this company more than me being a soldier. I'm not sure I'd be as good at it. And, you know, it's funny because it kind of made sense to him where he said, oh, okay, so – like, you build stuff for these guys to shoot terrorists. <laughs> like, that's yeah. kind of, yeah, it makes sense. And, exactly. You know, and, and that was, that was huge, huge for Johnny. That's, like, really all he really wanted. And I know that he engaged with a lot of people in the military back when he was developing things and, it's pretty cool. I've had some of them come back, and I'm starting to get more information about, you know, some of these people that received rifles from him and actually, you know, used them. And um, and as another side note, something just very fulfilling about this last year is we became a little more active in um, – you know, applying for contracts and interacting with some military units um, that are interested in our rifles. And it is super fulfilling for me to just be like, hell yes. Like, this is what they're designed for. We have a huge customer base that is civilian, and they, you know, they choose our rifles because they're fucking perfect and gorgeous and awesome and you know we have this brand following but to actually have active engagement with some military units right now is um like emotionally satisfying <laughs> it makes me feel so happy so that's just been really great yeah that's awesome um you know, it's it's interesting because Johnny really wanted into that, and, you, you know, most of my career had been that. Now, like, my focus is really the commercial market, and I uh-huh. find that interesting, but, you, you know, it's like I had such a long career in that part of the industry that probably everything I do has a purpose for uh-huh. the military, but, yeah. um, you know, as I see more of an attack on, like, civilian rights and ownerships, that becomes more important to me, where I remember when oh, I was, yeah. you know, Johnny growing up on the left coast, like, that's always more important to him. But, you know, me growing up in the South, like, it didn't occur to me quite as much. So, like, I see it now, and, like, I want to sell stuff to California. I'm sick of the NSA. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've really gotten fed up, so I feel more like, when I talked to Johnny 10 years ago, like I feel that way now, like he was way ahead of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my frustration yeah. 
you know, I had a company that did all that. I've been through some stuff, whether it was, you know, my lawsuit with Remington, you know, child custody, which was probably the worst thing I've ever been through. And, you know, I end up getting my kids full time and that's been, you know, it's unfortunate in some ways and it's very satisfying in some and, um, but you know, as you get older, I don't know. I don't know how old you are. I won't make you say because you're a lady. But, I just turned know. forty. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm 44, and I, I think Johnny was a couple years younger than me. So um, yeah, I understand. You know, but I change and and grow, and my interest now is a little different than it was a few years ago. But you know, I tell you, one one blessing being thrown out of a company that I owned and sold. And, uh, was, you know, after all these sorts of things, I see what's important to me on a daily basis. And it's basically, I want to take care of my kids, be involved in their lives on a daily basis. And I'm fortunate enough to be in that position. And I want to love coming to work every day. And I love innovating, you know, um, you know, it's the creative side of me, which you also have. But, um, mm-hmm. that's what matters to me. And, um, that's what I try to focus on now. But I want I want to ask you some questions. Um, I think from your perspective, which is a little unique, about you know, um, you know, like how do you view Nabeski in our industry? Um, I think that hmm, I think Nabeski. It's, it's okay. Well, so coming from me. And my perspective is Novesky has soul. We inherently have soul. There is emotion in this company. And I mean, as long as I am with it, it always will. Yeah, I think so. I think we do things that really come from our hearts and like, from our, like, attitudes and, like, all of these things, our inside jokes, our, like, love for each other. There's so many, there's just so many things that we can do with this company and, meanwhile, keep producing a super fucking good gun. Like, so we just, I just feel like we get to have more, um, and honestly, this is, like, everyone is making fun of me right now because, at this last shot show, I probably said the word meaningful like a hundred times <laughs> because <laughs> I was really feeling it. I'm like, this is meaningful. Yeah. Like I, all I want, that's all I want to do. I want things to be meaningful. And it's, yeah, maybe like, like Johnny, it's like, that means something to me. So, um, as far as a brand goes, we have so, I just feel like we have, so much fun and I love that um obviously goal number one is to keep our quality standards as high as they possibly can be and I have an amazing team that does that and um I don't know was that was that a little bit too uh emotional and hippie sounding (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I think it's true I I think anybody anybody with passion has that and I will say you know like you guys make a lot of AR-15s a lot of people make AR-15s. My, what I notice with Nevesky is, you know, whether we're talking about Chamber Dave or, you know, Megan or a lot of, <laughs> a lot of your people. And, you know, Johnny was one of them. 
And, you know, Johnny, like I think of, like I think of Jared Joplin at American Precision Arms who builds bolt guns. If you got something from him, it was going to be as fucking perfect as possible. And, you know, Johnny didn't, you know, the last couple of years he was alive and, you know, we'd hang out. Like, Johnny loved being able to have a jet boat live on the river. But, like, Johnny didn't give a fuck about money, you know. Like, it was all quality of life or adventure. And he would never compromise that to make a dollar. And right. I think it's, it's so foreign for so many people because, you know, like, I don't consider myself as good of a man as Johnny Nebeski or Trey Knight or a lot of other people that have done well in our industry. Chris Barrett's another great friend of mine who I think is wonderful. Um, I don't think I'm that, but I would never allow a customer to not be satisfied unless they're just completely fucking irrational and out of their mind. Like, I yeah. always over-deliver. I'm not going to kiss your ass, and I don't give a shit what you think, but I'm going to yeah. make sure <laughs> I do something that's great. You've always been very to- resilient in that way, Kevin. You, I think, <laughs> uh, Johnny and I have both struggled with your teachings on um, how to not give a fuck. <laughs> but, yeah, like I you're saying, you do care about your customers, and that is, why, that is why you've been successful, so... Yeah, you know, to me, it's real simple. It's like, you know, self-evaluation, you know, like um, I've never been the funniest, the smartest or the best looking guy, but I'm very tough and I want to achieve and I'm very competitive and there's very few people who aren't as com- or that are as competitive as I am, you know, and, yeah. I, I, you know, in that recoil article that was written, you know, about me about a year ago. You know, there's there's a note in there from my first grade gym coach. And, like, I was always, like, I developed early. Like, I was big and strong early. I was very athletic. But I've always been competitive. You know, my brother's seven years older than me, so I always competed with he and his friends. And I have always been the meanest little bastard in the world. And I don't know what it is. You know, my <laughs> mom is really mean and tough. But, like, I want to win more than I want friends. But I feel like I'm also very fair. You know, I was raised by a grandmother. and um, You want to win more than you want friends. That's a yeah, good look, one, Kevin. My, my gym coach said that Kevin is, like, very gifted athletically and driven. <laughs> but he lets, he lets the desire to win overshadow sportsmanship. And, you know, and I still remember that today. Miss Goodrow, she was my elementary gym coach. She's dead, and God bless her soul. But she was a she was a terrible witch. But, you know, she took it like it was a criticism. But I think, well, I think it's very special. Like, because here's the thing. I don't want to take advantage of employees. I don't want to take advantage of customers. I want to take care of both of them. But I don't necessarily have to be your friend. Like, you, you and I are cool because we love art and we have a connection. And, you know, you and I would be cool if we just met at a bar. We'd be friends. But, you know, like, just because you're into guns, like, I don't give a shit. And you can buy my stuff, and I will take care of you, but I'm not kipping your ass. But I'm going to give you more than you deserve, you know, or more than you paid for. I, don't, I will not say more than you deserved. And, you know, my employees, like, I will forego paychecks. So that my employees, because I love everyone here just like you do, and I, we are a family just like yeah. you guys. And I will forego paychecks, you know, before I will let one of my guys go without being able to give his kids something. Like that shit just doesn't happen with me. Totally, and, yeah, yeah. I, but you know, like I you agree and I with think, that. 
Yeah, we think that's common because when you're the boss, you're always thought to be rich and all these things too. But you know, you know, like being the boss is like the toughest job there is. But um, <laughs> but that's the that's the way it's viewed. That's the way it's viewed. So we have to do those things, and like I love it, and you know, oh my lord. These guys love me here, and just like your employees love you, and it seems like such an easy way to do business. The downside is you can't get too big, and you get your feelings hurt. But other than yeah. that, like, I feel great about how I run my company, about what I do. And, you know, if I have a company yeah. irrational or treating one of my girls bad that answers <laughs> the phone, like, I will fire your ass in a second. Fuck you. You're not going to, like, curse at one of my girls here. Like, that ain't going to happen. Yeah, yes. Well, I mean, okay, so my employees, and you know this from, okay, I knew I would get emotional, but Kevin, you know, as soon as Johnny passed, you were like, do you need me to come out there? And I'm like, no, I don't know, I don't know. And then the next day I was like, yeah. And we'd go into the shop, and you could tell it was like, this important thing. Like, we had to keep doing this. We had to keep doing this. And my employees have always been so important to me, just a way to sort of keep going. Like, and I swear it was a blessing, even though sometimes I'm like, how the fuck do I own a fucking rifle company? (laughs) (laughs) Never would have thought that, but I can't not. It is, it's a baby, and it is a connection to Johnny where, you know, I'm I'm not, like, dying every day about missing him, but it's great. And so my employees have been, and, and my consultants and people, my friends, like, all of these people have been so important to me in how we keep going and what I love seeing um and again there's been a lot of turmoil a lot of ups and downs a lot of shit talkers a lot of you know haters whatever i feel pretty fucking good right now with my crew and i go to the shop and i just feel like they are having fun they like going to work um and that makes me so happy like yeah. the so and I try to take care of them. Like, I do as much as I can, and I will always want to do more. Like, that's, like, basically what I do. I'm just, like, I just want to take care of these people that are so important to me that are helping fuel this company and just keep it moving forward as as cool as it is. I love I love this company, and by saying that, that is... You know, I, I know that you can't, like, love your employees too much because someday, you know, something might happen and you have to let go of one of them. <laughs> but you're right. It's like, oh, well, I love you, but you were a dick or something. So, which I haven't done. It's, I don't, okay. Well, I, that's totally yeah. well, it's I, like, I, I don't I, I will, choose that. You know, I feel the same way about my crew, and there's sometimes you're wrong, you know, sometimes you're wrong, sometimes I'm wrong, sometimes Johnny was wrong. And I know, you know, you called me that morning, and, uh, you know, I, I think I flew out there that day, if not the next day, and I stayed for a month, came home for a couple of days, and my kids went back for a month. Um, there's a couple things that shocked me 
You know, I think, you know, the way Johnny felt about everyone, that really transcended a lot of people and the company. And um, and then, you know, there's always a couple fucking assholes that want to take advantage of you, want to take advantage of the situation. You know, and I was glad I was there for that. Um, yeah, that was a very educational time for me. I'm grateful for it. Yeah, because, you know, to me, like, I always consider myself, like, I'm an okay guy, I'm, a, I'm an okay dad, you know, I'm an okay friend. Um, but then you realize, like, oh, my God, there are people that are just fucking horrible. And uh, seeing that there, um, you know, with a couple people that Johnny would have considered friends, and, you know, that's not a knock on, you know, Johnny's judgment or th- – I think it's just people in general. And, you know, I think the thing is, it's like when me or you or Johnny open our hearts and we, we, you know, think of our company as a family, not everybody always thinks of you as the same or their boundaries are very different. Um, mm. you know, to me, when I came out there, I was sick and I was worried to death about you and about the company and about your kids. You know, like, you know, it's always one thing where like Trey Knight or Johnny or Chris Barrett, or we could always be friends is we don't need anything from one another. Like I don't need Johnny's night vision or motorcycle or whatever people were trying to take, you know, once he passed away, which was disgusting. But I think it's like super common and it's, it's just so unfortunate. Well, um, it's like death, death usually sort of like divides fam. Death can like divide families. And I felt like in this case, the families were all fine, but the business relationships were not fine. <laughs> like, shit got weird. People, yeah, all the claws came out, and people wanted to have their yeah. claim, and, oh, you loved me, and, oh, this was so important, and, oh, I was the most meaningful thing. You know, I, how come I don't get to do this anymore? Oh, I miss your kids. That was, like, the weirdest. I'm like, you miss my kids? Like, what the fuck do you want me to do with that? Like, what? It was weird. It was weird yeah. to me, business and personal, how a few people out there, and I could name them, but I won't, try to manipulate that. And it's like, okay, I'm probably one of Johnny's best friends. Lorena is probably Johnny's best friend. If we don't know this, you shut the fuck up. Like, I don't, I will tell you. Like, I, I don't care. My goal is to look after, you know, you and your children and, you know, grown-ass men can, you know, they can take a hike. Like, I don't I don't care. But that was a strange situation, but we can move on from there. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think we both learned a lot, and, um, you know, it's interesting to me, like, how do you think the industry views Nebeski, and, and why do you – you know, why have you kept Nevesky? And because, like you say, like, you know, it's, it's, your husband had a rifle company. And <laughs> to me, like, I, I, I want to say before, before you start, I am incredibly proud okay. of you. And I knew you were tall. Well, but, you know, how, how does it make sense for you? I think because it always has been a part of – I mean, it's been a part of my life for, like, the last 17 or 18 years. Um, You know, it was like a child. 
and I enjoyed helping like start this business and like I don't take credit for anything on the what the that stuff that actual actually matters, but where it still matters to me is I think that I was um, helpful in shaping the brand and shaping this sort of like I guess I kind of got really interested in being this different type of brand. And obviously AAC was inspiring to me because I saw it, I was starting to be like, oh my gosh, like I don't think I can do this. <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Hey, this this could be fun. Like it is kind of fun to just try to switch it up a little bit. And I mean, I still, that is, the stuff that makes me tick. I love uh, making stuff a little yeah. bit weird in this industry. Yeah, I know, um, you know, Johnny's first logo was like a cartridge with Nevesky in it, and mine was very traditional. And then, you know, Johnny and I having similar interests, it's like all of a sudden, like, we're not like everyone else. We don't have to market like everyone else. There's a lot of people like us, you know, market differently. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty exciting because, you know, I didn't even remember, though I knew it, until Johnny passed when some people were getting, like, memorial sort of tattoos and stuff that some of the people got (laughs) that original logo. And, like, you know, I remember, and you probably have a different explanation from Johnny, and I do, and I've heard other people. (laughs) The Iron Cross, Johnny told me, like, we're we're drinking, like, bourbon or, I don't know, maybe gin and tonic, whatever his weird ass was into at the time. Um and I said, you know, what the fuck's up with the logo? That looks just like the independent trucks logo from skateboarding, from those of you that don't understand. And John says, yeah, it is. I just rotated it like 45 degrees. No, no, no it is yeah. not. We can't. That is not true. That's and what well, he told me. Well, okay, fine. He told a lot of people some other weird shit that I do not want to talk about. Um, but anyways, hey. At the end of the day, our logo has become iconic. Like, I love it. It's very fun to play with. It's easy to recognize. It's a stamp of brand, branding. And it represents, I don't know, it just represents so many things. And I'm, like, totally stoked that we have that. Another story is, when he went to like the city hall to apply for a business license, it was cheaper to just use your own last name. So yeah. no best. <laughs> and then he started getting really upset about it. Cause he's like, well, what if I ever wanted to sell the business? I couldn't because it's my last name and I can't have other people like fuck it up. And I'm, and he's, I'm like, well, why did you do that? He's like, Oh, cause it was cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, it was like fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, he told me the same story. <laughs> he was so irritated. So, you know what? I'll I mean, tell you this. Funny. I remember this. He told me that we were at a strip club. He told me that. <laughs> <laughs> that was cheaper. Oh, he's like, here's a couple dollars, bitch. Yeah. Well, well, back when he made that decision, he didn't have a couple dollars to go to the strip club. By the time he told me this, we were, we were making money. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. 
Well, how do you think, um, by the way, I've seen some of the recent marketing on like Instagram and stuff with like, and I know it's all you, that 80s weird stuff with cute girls. I love it. And it makes okay, me Okay, no, happy. it is not all me. No, 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 it's no, no. I mean, like I influence it. I put, yeah, I mean, so at this point, I've had the great fortune of working with Mike Allen for the last yeah. probably three years. And Mike's cool, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Super smart, so he's president and CMO, although I'm pretty bossy when it comes to marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so, he is chief marketing officer, but um, no, we just get along super well on creative ideas. And I think at first he was afraid that our marketing was a little too soft, a little too maybe weird and hippie. And I don't disagree with him. He definitely brought in um, – He's like, the devil is in the details. Like, he he's like, okay, fine. We can be weird, but everything's going to be, like, tier one. We're only going to use, like, the finest products in our marketing. And as long as the shooters look good and the guns are fucking perfect and amazing, then, okay, maybe we can, like, do some, like, weird ideas. So we've actually had a lot of fun with it. And yeah. so on, also we work with an amazing photographer, Matt Lingo, and he, he, we all sort of jive together. So, um, yeah, we had a Viewmaster as our catalog. This is our 2018 catalog. Kevin, if you would have yeah. been at Shot Show, you could have seen it. I'm going to send you one. We actually, we, we well. gave them all away, so I'll have to get more made, but they're so, Heavenly. I mean, they really are amazing. Yeah. Well, it's been all over Instagram, social media, and I love it. I like <laughs> seeing pictures of that cute little Megan doing it. And, oh, you know, Megan's like, so, so – yeah, she's the best. Yeah, we started taking photos of people because you're at SHOT Show, and it's, like, just loud and bad lighting, and the floor feels like it's shaking. You know, just all the sensations of SHOT yeah. Show. And I would hand someone the Viewmaster – and they'd be like, huh? Oh, okay. What is this? And you put it up to your eyes and you're suddenly like in a dark little theater with fucking awesome 3D photos in front of your face and everyone would smile. <laughs> yeah. It's cool, <laughs> Watch man. people just be like, oh my gosh. And it, I mean, every once in a while I would just take a break on my, by myself and be like, I just need to look at the Viewmaster just because it was. It was very it was a little escape. So that was fun. Yeah. No, that that's yeah. cool. I think that's some of the stuff that our industry's been missing. And uh that was awesome and I was very jealous I didn't think of that. Um well what else do I have for you? Um what well, where do you think Nebeski's going? What's the future? Um well I would say we're feeling good. Uh, Nabeski just has, we have a different niche. And so there's been a downturn, obviously, in the industry. 
always you know, like o- Obama and Hillary are very good for this industry. How fucked up is that? But yeah. So yeah, people. There's definitely been a lot of stress and slowdown, but Novesky isn't a company that or a brand or whatever. Our product. People don't panic by Novesky. So, no, there's always yeah. room for the best. Right. Thank you. And that actually is, again, I would say after this shot show, I could definitely sense that, that, like, we're we're good. We're in a really good place. Um, I have an amazing team. We're, we're allowed, we're still, like, doing weird, fun things that people aren't, like, getting super bent out of shape about it <laughs> except for maybe the ghetto blaster <laughs> although people love yeah. that rifle um no i just want to be able to like it's crazy to even have that right now like we're not freaking out and we still get to have fun that's that's exactly where i want to be and it's just perfect so like i said i came home from shot show feeling really happy and really inspired and I'm just feeling like there's a lot of really great things happening with I love doing projects like one of my favorite things is doing side projects that aren't guns you know like we're doing a backpack an SBR bag and a range bag with Mystery Ranch and I freaking love those people you know, just like all that little stuff, it's fun. People want to work with Novesky in a really cool way, and I just love that so much. And even you, thank you so much for working with us. I think, again, that's a meaningful collaboration project that we've done. And I getting back to all of that stuff to me that feels meaningful is. That's that's all that matters to me right now. I just that's I I just love it. I love it. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean it. It's good. The industry, yeah, it is tough right now, and everybody and their brother thought they'd sell ARs till the end of time because Hillary was going to get elected. But yeah, you you actually have to put in some R and D and be able to make a good product to to have longevity. I believe. Um, yeah. Well, let's move on to something else. I don't know. Let me see. I have okay. to look at questions. Right. <laughs> How'd you meet Johnny? Oh my gosh, this is fun. Um, so I was 16, and I had gone to like this private school in Grants Pass since my family moved to Grants Pass when I was 12, and I decided I wanted to go to the public high school. And so I met this girl, this, like, crazy girl named Stella, and she was just like, wow. Like, her parents owned a pet store, and she lived in Grants Pass in her own apartment behind the pet store. She was just a wild girl. So she was like, oh, man, yeah, you need to, like, come meet my friend, so-and-so. And so we go out to this pink trailer, literally pink trailer. <laughs> and... Johnny was there, and he had graduated high school like a year. So I was a senior, 
he had graduated high school a year before from a different school. And he was, like, back in town from, like, hitchhiking and being on his, like, Volkswagen bus. And just, I, and I was, like, not, um, I just didn't really date in high school. Just, I don't know. I felt like those boys were just too dumb. And I met Dottie, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so, I had the biggest crush on Earth. It was just devastating. And then he ended up leaving. He was just passing through town. And so he went back out, like, did his world country tour hitchhiking thing. And I just kept bumping into him. And we just kept being friends. And, like, again, he always made me feel magical. Like, I was so important. (laughs) It was just, just, God, so horrible. But, yeah, we were friends for so long. And when he went in the Army, we wrote letters. I went to Italy. We wrote le- I mean, I literally got a letter from him every day in Italy. Like, holy shit, that's so cool. Before cell phones. And we just became just super, super close. But it took a really long time for us to even get to where we were like, okay. So when... We actually decided to date. It wasn't even dating. It was like, okay, let's just get married. Like, we're just going to get married. Um, so that was well, yeah, when... I think a lot of people... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I don't know. I think I was like 21 when we finally decided to get married. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... Because um, I think... Did, did he graduate high school homeless or something weird? Yeah. Well, yes, he did. He hit. Oh, my God. Okay. So, holy shit. This guy. So, he moved. Yeah, he he was so weird. Too long of a story. Let me me just try to condense it. So, he ended up moving up to Grant's Pass to live with his grandma. And at some point, so there's a trail that you can walk, like, basically from Grant's Pass to the Oregon coast. And so he was like, oh, like Tom Sawyer fantasy, just somehow got like this idea in his head. And he literally like ran away, caused his parents so much grief, but he ran away and he walked for like two or three days to the coast and then hitchhiked to San Francisco because he wanted to find his mom. He finds his mom, she's not in great shape, and then he's like, oh, man, oh, I don't like this situation. And then so he just goes and he enrolls himself in some San Francisco high school and, like, basically lives on the streets. But he was, like, doing his homework and blah, blah, blah. So he literally got a diploma from some San Francisco high school. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I mean, there's so many more details of that story, but that is pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, he had a weird life. He was a tough guy. I mean, I think it explains a lot of it. Um, Yeah, I mean, he he was cool. I liked him. I liked him so much and just completely separate from firearms. It was just like. I don't know. I mean, I felt personally when I was with Johnny, we were hanging out doing shit, whether it was just like sitting on his back porch, you know, like drinking beer, um, you know, going somewhere. You know, the guns is just like, 
that was just a minor that that was just the the final stitch sort of that that created some sort of bond um yeah he's an interesting fun guy um yeah you know he I mean, to me, go ahead. well i had a conversation with someone recently where i was like there was nothing that he did that was simple he thrived on conquering he thrived on like man versus nature man versus business like i mean he, well business probably was his biggest weakness <laughs> he was just good at building these ideas and doing things but like he couldn't just go i'd be like do you want to go on a hike like, God, that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And then he'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to climb to the top of Mount Rainier. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, going on a like, dumb hike yeah. is like the boringest thing he's ever heard of. And so without even like training, he and our good friend Aaron Angel fucking Aaron, yeah. walked to the top of Mount Rainier. And like that just was just how he was. It wasn't. If it was basic, it was, like, a waste of time. Like, oh, do you want to, like, oh. go rent a sailboat? No. I want to get on these tall ships and, like, sail around the world. Like, he just wouldn't. Nothing was, nothing was yeah. easy with him. <laughs> no. I, 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 that reminds me of a story I want you to tell, actually. I almost forgot about it. So, I think Johnny – so, yeah, so, so the three dozen people listening, um, Johnny would go on these tall ships who turned out to be great friends of you. Y'all, the, the the guys who would do the um, what would you call that? Like uh, they would take them for from one port to another. It would be like a transit. Oh, the transit, yeah. So yeah. the ships yeah. would go. They, they would they would go. They sort of like hop up. So they would like start in San Diego, sort of hop up the coast to these ports and do these sort of like educational sort of day trips, they'd spend a weekend at a port and do these, like, three-hour battle cruises or whatever, just these really cool replica ships out of Washington. But when they would get to a certain point up north, they would have to start sailing back. Is that when um, he was on one for, like, 30 days and came home and then sent me the picture of him naked with a deer in the yard? (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, he wasn't gone for 30 days. It was maybe like five. But it was pretty funny because it was like he wanted to get back. So we've always had these like buck challenge hunting competitions within the company. And he always, it didn't matter. Like he wanted to be the first one no matter what. And so it was in the morning. And there were some bucks in the yard, and I was like, uh, Tony, like, get up, wait. And he, like, run, <laughs> he ran outside naked and just down the buck, like, just, it was easy, just, it was easy peasy. <laughs> and then I'm watching out the window, and the buck kind of runs away, and he's just walking back towards the house. It was like, bad guys don't look at explosions. He's just like, yeah, it's fine. It's going to die. <laughs> so, yeah, sure enough, 
like crumpled. I mean, it really was. It was like the ultimate bad guys don't look at explosions, but he was naked. <laughs> He's walking back to the house like, I got to put my pants on. Um, but yeah, the bus did die like very shortly, just up the driveway a little bit. And yeah, no, just yeah, I think that, and that was his dream too, to be able to do that out like out in your yard, just to be naked. He always wanted to be naked. Like I want to shoot naked off the back porch. So yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he and I shoot off the back porch a lot, but I don't remember showing here. But <laughs> what, was it, um, well, that, that was just was that that was just like a, a couple three months before he died, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. I remember. It's like one morning, you know, I'm waking up. I got a text from Johnny. I open it. It's him, totally naked, his junk and all. Like, okay, totally well, so the other part about it is that, so we always had a theme for the for the competition. So that was the Bucktooth. So we always tried to, like, make a pun. So it was the Bucktooth Challenge. And yeah. I had actually bought all, everyone who was participating got these, like, you know, novelty, fake plastic buck teeth. And one of the criteria was that you have to take a picture of your buck with your buck, with your plastic buck teeth. And so we realized that Johnny actually didn't have a pair or he left his at the shop or something. And so I went and I cut streaming cheese. So he stuck like two chunks of string cheese on his front teeth. So it looked like I forgot about that. So yeah, you got naked Johnny with string cheese on his teeth. And of course Yeah, they were horrible. It was a horrible picture. Yeah, all it's regardless. a scary photo. It's definitely shot a buck in the front. And I think too, like you have these two badass sons that were sleeping on the back porch. Weren't they at the time? Like, Abe and Elgin were sleeping on a mattress on the back porch with a blanket yeah. over. And, <laughs> yeah, they liked they, sleeping on the He, he shot, yeah. like, right, right beneath them and scared the shit out of them. Shut this buck. Yeah. And then takes the pictures naked with the buck, which was equally yeah. disturbing. <laughs> disturbing. Yeah. Was so he was like, I mean, he he's always been that crazy, but... It was fun. That was like the fun shit. He yeah, I think with you. It's probably where you know me and especially me and Johnny and Trey kind of connected. It's like, yeah, like we're all serious. We're all doing this thing, but if I can take a picture of me shooting a deer naked, <laughs> I'm sending it to you, and I'm not going to warn you, and you have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's I would say that is the one thing that you, what you just said, he didn't take himself too seriously. The no, one thing that I don't like about this industry is the people who do take themselves too seriously. And there's just a lot of that. And so well, I've Lur- even uh, Lur- where you Lurina, Lurina, okay. Lurina. Yes, what? <laughs> I think it is something that you and I and most people who I will go out on a limb here and say are kind of, um, I don't know how to say it. It's not insulting. But let's say that are a little more 
you know, cognitive. Yeah. Um, you, you know, we're just doing a thing, you know, mm-hmm. taking yourself too seriously. Like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 you know, I've played a part in some, some big things from a war perspective. You know, I've made a bunch of money. You know, at the end of the day, I'm still an accident by seven years to two factory workers, you know, that gets picked on and beat up by my older brothers every time I go home. Um, you know, I'm still just a punk-ass kid, and it's like, I don't want to take myself too seriously. Like, the industry's not that serious. We can be brilliant, and we can make a difference, and we can have fun every day. And I'm not the toughest guy in the world, and it doesn't matter. Um you know, Johnny, it meant a lot to him to be a good example for his boys and, um, and, you know, and to be good to you and to be good to his employees. And, you know, I think I share that. It's like, you know, that's kind of all that, that matters. But there's so many fucking creeps that take themselves so seriously in our industry. It's like you make guns. Like you could be making coat hangers or shoestrings. Like you're not that fucking cool. Um yeah, and they're not like I just I don't know, I have I don't have a lot of interest in interacting with people like that. It's just not it it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, okay, so what? It's business, it's heavy, you're fucking like I don't know. People who take themselves seriously is just I can't I can't hardly deal with it. So I feel like I found, like, my people that don't feel that way, and I love it. And, you know, whatever. And, you know, even when it comes to my my military friends, man, man, like, these super badass dudes, and they are, like, just some of the coolest, funnest, funniest, you know, we don't even have to talk about it, like, I just love some of these people, and if anybody should take themselves or deserves to take themselves seriously, it'd be, like, people that serve the country, but they're just cool as shit, like, just, and so I just, that's been a big one for me, like, it stressed me out at first, because all these self-serious people were sort of, like, hounding on me, where I'm like, I don't, I just don't want to... I'm not gonna, I don't have a need for that. I just don't really like it and I don't need it. Like, I definitely don't need it. Oh, I love to hear that because, you know, the bigger our industry grows commercially and, and also militarily, it's, you know, we only have to be great at what we do, you know. Um, I want to be the best. I strive to be the best. I sacrifice to be the best. I mean, you know, I don't have to have another company. I don't have to work. You know, you could sell Nebeski and never work again. But right. you know, there's something Well, satisfying. that's the thing. I mean, you can strive to be great, but still, you know, have a cool personality and a cool attitude. So I think, I mean, yeah, by by saying, let's not take ourselves seriously. It's like, well, sure, we take certain things very seriously. We take our quality seriously. We take what we do and our customer service and all of those things very seriously, but how we interact and relate to people and, or art and ideas and like, you know, we don't have to get all like fucking bent out of shape about skinny jeans. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I do think all that's true to me. My priority list is I want to take care of my employees 
And the best way I take care of them is taking care of my customer. I want to deliver the best product because that's the best customer service, you know. And then in my personal life, like I want to be happy. I want to take care of my kids. You know, I want to be a good influence and a good example. You know, like I I don't want to sit on my ass. Um, You know, I didn't have the advantage of marrying a rich girl and sitting on my ass and getting money every month. Like I want to show my kids. I want to show my son, like you got to be a man, you know, um, you know, my kids don't even remember me working from selling advanced armament. I never had to work again. Um, so starting another company was kind of strategic. And I did it at the same time. I did it within a month of getting my kids. Yeah. Uh, starting Q, the new company. And, you know, I took some criticism from my ex-wife's attorney. I took some criticism from my kids initially. And I said, listen, you know, you kids have been privileged. You were born rich. Um, you have all these things that most kids don't have. Like, I grew up very poor. So you're going to see me work. You're going to see how money is made and earned to give you what you want and to what you need. And, you know, like my son, he's pretty severely dyslexic stuff, and I send him to a, a boarding school. It costs me a hundred grand a year, and it's the best money I've ever spent. And the kid's becoming confident, and he's going to be able to transition to regular school and go to college. And it's fucking awesome. It's the best thing I've ever, ever done with money. And, um, you know, like I, both my parents combined working 35 years never made $100,000 in a year. And, you know, that's something that my kids are learning, you know, like, okay, so we have this company. Like my son right now, he's here while you and I are talking. He's here working in the back because he's got to earn $10,000 to give me to get my old Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> as his first bid. That's awesome. Yeah. And if he and if he doesn't earn it, he doesn't get a vehicle. And you know, mm-hmm. they can say, Oh, well dad, you're rich. Well, yeah, I am. You're fucking not. And um you know, I don't know. So it, it's all interesting and you know, I have my ups and downs with it. Money's been great and it's caused a lot of issues, but you know, now I just want to take care of the customers. I want to take care of my employees. I want to love coming to work every day, and I want to take care of my family and people that I love. And, um, you know, it's some hard lessons to learn, just as you have. It's like when you're successful, there's a lot of people think you owe them shit. And, um, you know, sometimes it's family, and that's real hurtful, and sometimes it's not, and whatever. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm like you. I'm appreciative. I'm in a good spot. I get to do what I want every day, and I feel good about what I do. And, um, you know, I don't really give a shit what a lot of people think. Like, I can produce this many things a year, and I sell right now, fortunately, I sell twice as many a year. So this is what I'm going to do a year, and I'm not going to waver from it. I don't need more money. Like, I'm, you know, I don't need a bigger fucking airplane. Like, you know, it doesn't drive me. You can't offer me more money to do something. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's a great position to be in. Um, you know, and for you being a woman in our industry, shit, I can't believe, I mean, I can't even imagine as many assholes as there are. <laughs> you know, no, I, again, like, I really sort of, like, something Something clicked into place, especially this last year, where, yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of assholes, but not not in a way where, 
I don't know. I guess people did doubt me, and but they they did so. It was like secret doubt, you know, like talk behind my back kind of doubt. Um, and I just feel like I really like filtered out those people and the people I'm interacting with now that we're actually doing business with are just like I it's it's a strong it's a strong relationship and so it's it's a different feeling and like I said after five years of feeling like people felt sorry for me or didn't fucking understand me or what the fuck was gonna happen like there were so many uncertainties and questions that people felt where I didn't feel that but it was uncomfortable. Like it actually made me feel very awkward a lot of the time. And yeah, you know, like, okay, yeah, I am a misfit. Like I don't fit in here, but I love this company. And so I'm just going to keep going with it. Well, I got to say, Lorena, I'm so proud of you five years later. And, um, you know, I loved, love Johnny, but you know, what happened is what happened. But, you know, you've done a great job. I'm so proud of you for everything you've done. And, you know, I think it, it's when you can produce so many items a year and you have so many more people who want to buy them, you know, it makes it yeah. easier. And, yeah, and we have, and we, we've got some good stuff coming down the line, but don't ask me. That's a different subject. It's a different conversation. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're doing good. No, no. I'm going to ask you, why don't you abandon the ghetto blaster name? Oh, okay. So I love that name. It actually had been something that Johnny and I joked about a long time ago. And he was very afraid to, like, he started, I, like, had to keep him in check. He started wearing, like, tactical pants and Oh, like really fucking weird Oakleys. <laughs> I was like, Johnny, what are you doing? Like, you don't have to do this. Um, and so he loved that idea, but he's like, oh no, we could never do that. And so I had shared that with Mike Allen and he's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was the same thing. Like, can we actually do that? And we shared it with you and you're just like, yeah, fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing we changed, and this is why, and we still, it was great actually at SHOT Show because there was like no batting of lashes. We were just like, okay, yeah, and then the get a blaster. And I mean, everyone's talking, that's what we call it. We call it the get a blaster. So the only thing that we changed was the variant. It was the marking on the rifle. So the variant was get a blaster. So that would be engraved on the rifle. And we learned quickly that a lot of people were uncomfortable with that. And we had departments very interestingly, you know, like law enforcement. And and then we were like, okay, we totally get it. Like, yeah, you can't it, – it's just – it's for whatever reason, you can't have, um, like – a cop with a gun called a ghetto <laughs> So um we still call it that, but we just changed the variance. So the variance on the actual rifle is N4 PDW dash whatever serial number it is. And what the kind of cool thing about it is there 
well, I'm not sure. I think we may have sold through them all, but um, there's a hundred that are marked ghetto blaster. So, you know, that in a weird way, it creates like a funny little collectible item. But as far as like how we speak about it, oh, and the other one was skews. We had someone be like, well, like some higher up said, well, we can't have, we can't have this item in our system, unfortunately. And so as a skew, as an actual like product number, product part, it's the N4PDW, which it is. That's what it actually is. Ghetto Blaster is its lovely nickname. And we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of fun with it too. Like, I, I like it. I, I mean, we've, yeah, it's fun. I love it. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I appreciate your explanation. I mean, I don't know. I think you're more reasonable. I'm not really given to compromise. So, uh, <laughs> I Yes, I am a little more reasonable than you, Kevin. I definitely am. Ouch. Um, but, no, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think Ghetto Blaster is fucking hilarious. And, um, it is. You know, and I don't know, like, I'm a little more disruptive, like, I, I I love you, and I've always loved Nebeski culture, and I love Johnny, and, you know, and, you know, Johnny's gone now, like, God bless him, but he's gone, and, you know, I love, I love who you are, and I love your spirit, and I love where you're taking the company, and to me now, Lorraine Nebeski owns company, and that's the way I try to view it, you know, I don't try to view you as, like, Johnny's wife taking it over. You know, like Johnny left us, and it's unfortunate, but he did, and it's your company. And I love a lot of what you do. Um, you know, well, thank me, you. Think, well, you're welcome, doll. But I think <laughs> if you want to name it the Ghetto Blaster, name it the fucking Ghetto Blaster. And if distributors don't want to buy it, fuck those guys. And um, that's not what you're going to say because you're you're a sweetheart. But that's what I would say. Um, yeah, I know. know the people. <laughs> The people that don't want it because it says ghetto blaster, the fucking customers you don't want anyway. You know, I was I was hunting with Donald Trump Jr. this weekend, and uh, he's a friend of mine. He's a cool motherfucker. And uh, I was talking to him, and he brought up something that I did, you know, marketing-wise. And he laughed, and he's like, you know, kind of like you remind me of my father sort of thing. And I said, well, here's the way I look at it. Like, I get like a 70 to 80% approval rating. And I can only deliver product to 20% of the customers. So I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck. And it's like, if it were a political election, like, you're, and he, he, he spoke up and said, you're like racing for 51%. And I said, yeah. So I get a 70 to 80% approval rating. Like, that's a landslide. Like, I don't fucking care what anybody says. But, you know, that's me. And, um, yeah. you know, I get it. That's not me. I don't like politics, and I don't really actually want to pull politics down on my lap because the last thing I want to be called is racist because I'm fucking not. And just, it just, I don't know. It's like, it's not even worth it. I don't have, like, I don't need to, like, die in the grave of Ghetto Blaster. But what I really did enjoy was that at first everyone was like, "What?" So that was what was so crazy. People were so bent out of shape about it. Where I normally don't look at forums because I just don't. I told Johnny not to, and so I don't either. Um, 
people were fucking freaking out, like so much negativity. I'm like, what are they? Who are these people? They definitely aren't Novesky customers, like, or they don't even know who the fuck, like, whatever. Like, it was like this, like, hyper bandwagon where everyone was super negative, and it it did. It affected me. I was like, oh, shit. This is worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, but, yeah, you know, I know I talked to you about it, and you were like, don't worry about it, Lorena. Like, totally fine. You definitely tried to keep this wheel going like hey man it's sort of like the fuck you like who cares who the fuck cares and I'm like okay and so a couple of days go by and we start getting some phone calls from potential buyers which I'm not going to ignore and they're like no, no, no. yeah like I'm I do I girlfriend woman like I do yeah. business and private and private school costs money like I got it yeah <laughs> no I, but yeah I don't I, it's I don't it's blame so you. good though because at the end of the day all of the hater shit they all forgot about it like they forgot about it and the people who loved it get it they understand the culture of Novesky and they understand the fun that we want to have and the way that we want to do things. And I don't even think there was one time at SHOT Show that anyone questioned that name. And we were dropping it all over the place. Like, people were like, oh, what about the Ghetto Blaster? Even on our Viewmasters, we have, like, a whole Ghetto Blaster reel. And nobody that we interacted with was like, oh, this seems really weird. Like, I mean, it was it's just <laughs> gone away. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's part of the thing. If 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 you want a politically correct item, you know, there's Smith and Wesson, there's Stig, there's Ruger, there are all these big companies <laughs> do that stuff for you. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, to me, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I fully agree, but I don't completely disagree, and I understand. Like, you know, <laughs> I pay. I pay a lot of money for my son to go to private school, so I <laughs> I get we got to make some money. Um, but, you know, I think it's one of the things, like, as we grow and we learn, and, like, I've seen you become more confident, and I love the marketing, the thing that was on Instagram this morning that you did. I fucking loved. Um, but, you know, we are who the fuck we are. We can make so many guns a year. Buy them or don't buy them. I kind of love that attitude. It's almost like I'm a hot chick. Like, take it or don't take it. Like, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. I have one more story. So, I got to got? meet Adam Kraut. I, yeah, I he's a cutie, isn't he? He's he such is a cutie. so yeah, he is a cutie. He's super rad. So yeah. he met us um to like talk about this ten millimeter rifle we're coming out yeah. with. And he asked he he said, Well, okay, I'm gonna do a little video. What do you wanna call it? And Mike and I joked, we were like, Well, another funny name that Johnny didn't ever wanna do was the fucker upper. <laughs> so we, but I'm like, but I'm not sure we're going to call it that. It's so he, in his interview, he said, yes, here I'm at Novesky and I'm holding the 10 millimeter fucker upper. And then the way they edited it was the bleep, bleep. So that was, um, it was, it was fun. There was like a bleep upper. So it, it's sort of a fun follow up on the ghetto blaster. Like I'm, like hashtagging censored on stuff like, ew, okay. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Anyways, yeah, no, Adam Kraut was great to me. He's, um, we, we got his back. Yeah, like he's a, he's a sweetheart, and I tell you, everyone should vote for Adam Kraut for board director. For, yeah. Yes, we endorse him all the way, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's totally cool. He's a smart young attorney who's super conservative, believes in the Second Amendment. And, you know, he's got a sense of humor. And, like, he, he, he wasn't bred of rich people that are bird hunting, you know, because they have trust funds. Um, you know, I, I, I dig him. He's, he's a sweet kid. Yeah. Well, well, that's cool. Well, Lorena, yeah. thank you so, so much for the time. Um, okay. I love it. Well, it's good talking to you. Same to you. And I'm so glad you guys are doing well. And um, I'm glad we're working together. I love seeing your kids growing up on social media. And um, <laughs> you know, I, I miss you. I can't wait to see you. Give you a hug. And let's hang out and drink some beers. Okay. Well, you need to come out to Grant's Pass soon. Like, I'm... check out what's going on. <laughs> well, I'm coming. Keep me out of all that hippie shit. But I'm I'm coming to see you soon. <laughs> Okay. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Good talking to you. All right. No, same to you. Bye.